0: And now, it's time for Dr. Bill, your Radio MD.
1: Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD special edition today. I'm doing the show from my bed in the hospital at St. Pete General. Had a little belly surgery a couple of weeks ago, and afterwards I was seemingly getting better, but now I've sprung a little leak, and there's some fluid leaking out of my belly, so the surgeons got me in bed, antibiotics going, and I'll fill you in on that on all of that later first i want to touch on the on the immigration situation and i thought about this long and hard over the past several weeks and i think that border security has to remain paramount we've all heard that yeah. and as i said before trump was elected a wall had already been started an extension was inevitable it was just a matter of funding and that's exactly where we are really and although we as Americans, our hearts go out to those throughout the world who suffer under political, economic, and cultural repression, at some point, peoples everywhere need to take responsibility for their situations and where they find themselves in life. And I know it's hard to argue at the point of a gun, but we did it as a people. Uh, we can assist people throughout the world who see things pretty much our way, and that's okay. That's one way to, to show our concern and sympathy. But I think that extending, expanding immigration to allow anybody and everybody in who has a political or economic repression uh, as their reason for coming, then I don't think that fulfills the service of of what the folks in the 1940s and 50s had intended by expanding the immigration laws to welcome those who were repressed. But we're out of the post-World War II era, that has ended, and refugee immigration is less of a demand overall, even though we we think it's really a lot right now. It's not. Uh, it's mostly from Central and, and Northern America. So from this era on, we're, we're going to have to do things differently than we did in the last half of the 20th century from after World War II, when millions of people were displaced and there was political upheaval everywhere. Uh, it's, it's not uh, that We as a people created any of these problems, and I think that that's important to remember when we discuss this, and this is difficult for my sisters who say it is our fault that we're the bad guys. No, we're not. We've extended our arms, open arms to people all over the world. But I think that we have to use a little rationality here and not allow ourselves to be flooded with immigrants who are coming here for economic gain only. And most of them will tell you that. So World War II is over, and we're in the 21st century. Citizenship is a privilege and a responsibility, and I think it's something that you have to earn. There has to be some path necessary if we're going to grant amnesty to the Mexicans and Latin Americans who have been here or have gotten in under one regime or another. Or another. Now, The upheaval in the Middle East and the Muslim world and the bereft countries of Africa and West Asia are not new. This isn't anything new. We need to work actively to help resolve these conflicts and help these people become more affluent and learn how to govern themselves, but also force other developed nations to shoulder their fair share of the responsibility. And I'm talking about Western Europe. The Western Europeans are pro, con, on, off. Hungary doesn't want immigrants. Germany says we'll take as many as we can. Then the German conservatives say, wait a minute, we're getting too many and we can't control the situation. But integral to safe and fair development of the world population is an open trade policy and open sea lanes, open air lanes. And I don't mean that we should have no tariffs. But what I do mean is that we should work hard alongside the president to use tariffs as a way to Force other countries to treat us more fairly. We shouldered a lot of the burden after World War II. And again, I tell you, the World War II era is over. The world is doing fairly well. And so I think that it's time for the rest of the world to belly up, belly up to the bar. And some of the Democrats will say, well, the Chinese will get an unfair influence over us and Africa and in the Middle East You know, I'm not that worried about the Chinese. I've been there. They're a huge diversified country. They're a collection of states that uh, have fought each other off and on for millennia, and they break apart and come back together and break apart and come back together. And I had no sense from the Chinese when I was there that they had any malintention towards us. But let's face it, some peoples and some societies are not ready to handle the responsibilities of freedom without structure and guidance. They're still uh, too primitive and, and childlike. And you can say, well, they're adults and they have a right to make a decision of their own. Nah, I don't go along with that. I mean that's like saying, well, you're an adult. If you want to go out and have polymorphous sexual behavior and rape and plunder, you can. No, No, you can't. So we have to put some guidelines in here when we do give money and insist that certain things be performed, certain things be in place, and that we will come in and we will aid and assist you not only financially but also structurally and organizationally and send people to do that. Now, listen, integral to safe and fair development of the world population is is that we are going to uh, still keep the peace. So we have to have a strong military. Now let's not get confused about immigration and and confuse it with population control. We, we remain the third largest population nation. And before I die, it'll be 500 million cost containment should always be a priority. So we have to look at where we're spending our dollars overseas. Ultimately the markets will determine one way or another what will happen. And we see that over and over again as we look back in history. Now, today I've got a special guest with me, Selena Child. Selena, are you with me?
2: Yes, I am. Hi.
1: Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you thanks so for much. Sitting,
1: thanks for sitting through my political uh, hoorah. No, thank
2: you, Doctor. You're very articulate and persuasive.
1: Thank you. Well, Selena has a story to tell, and we'll talk a little about how we can resolve it. Selena is a patient advocate, and Selena, I'll let you tell the story in your own words, and I'll jump in if I think we need to explain some medical uh, uh, jargon to, right. the fam- to the folks.
2: Okay, thank you so much, doctor. Um, so I just want to uh, introduce myself. My name is Selena Childs, and I'm an American who currently lives in the Mediterranean Republic of Cyprus. I'm here because my husband works for State Department and he's the security attache at our embassy here in Nicosia, the capital of Cyprus. Um, I'm calling in to Dr. Bill's show today um, to talk mainly about my experience with the American healthcare system and trying to battle for my thyroid medication that works for me. Um, just a little bit of, I'll try to keep my uh, chronology as brief as possible. I'm originally from the Philippines, and I did not actually naturalize as an American citizen until recently, 2016. So my whole life, most of my life, I'm just a private citizen, happily enjoying stellar health care, not in the United States, okay? (laughs) So um, in my family, the only health issue... That I have in my family tree is uh, hereditary thyroid disorders on my mother's side. When my mother gave birth to me, she became hyperthyroid. And sure enough, when I, uh, in, in my first marriage and I got pregnant and had my son, within one month, we knew that I too had become hyperthyroid. Okay. This is when your thyroid, um, uh, it works too much. And speeds up your metabolism, and then comes the whole host of uh, hyperthyroid symptoms and, uh, dis- and illnesses. So,
1: the um, uh, thyroid is a part of the glandular system of the body, and it makes thyroxine, which is converted in the periphery to triiodothyronine, and this is the spark plug for the usage of glucose in all of our cells so if you think of the cells as a car engine and I've said this before the insulin gets the gasoline in which is sugar for us and then the spark plug is the thyroid hormones that we secrete and then the things that soup it up and make it more or less are the steroid hormones like testosterone and estrogen so This is a problem where you have too much thyroid hormone or too little thyroid hormone, and then you have the thyroid disease. These are almost always hereditary.
2: Exactly, and that is what happened to me. So making too much T4 and T3 uh, thyroid hormones, and for the first seven years, that I I was hyperthyroid, I tried to simply medicate. I did not really want to look at surgery yet, although this had worked for my mother um, many years before. Um, However, I have to admit, uh, doctor, can you correct me if I'm wrong? I think I was on propylthiouracil, is that
3: medication
2: for hyper, right, okay.
1: Yeah, we use that to to calm down the the thyroid gland uh, because some of the symptoms of hyperthyroidism can actually be fatal. Uh, rapid heartbeat, sweating, uh, anorexia, which means no no appetite. And the, a lot of the people in the bedlam houses in the old days, you'd see these little old women with a shawl on swinging back and forth and their hair was all frazzled and they were skinny as could be. Yeah. They were they were either hyper or hypothyroid. So it used to be a disease that ended, if, if it went too far, it ended you up in the bedlam house, in the crazy house.
3: Right.
2: And absolutely you know, um, yeah, can be fatal. Uh, I absolutely had, my main symptoms were that just just, uh, galloping heartbeat, even when I was sleeping. Um, And even though, so fortunately, I never, I love eating. So I basically just ate as much as I wanted, but I could never gain weight, and in fact was losing weight. But I think uh, for quality of life, probably my worst symptom. I'm already a Type A person, but it made me super extra moody and punchy, you know. Um, so I was not a peach to live with when
1: I had. Well, tell your childhood. husband we're sorry. His sympathies go, my, come my, from my, us.
2: My <laughs> ex-husband. Yes, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, we're still very amicable. But uh, I, I, I completely own my part. In in our miserable early years together, what are you so, talking uh, about? It's
1: your I, mother's fault. She she gave I you know. the genes. Blame it on her.
2: <laughs> I tried, <laughs> but um, anyway. So I, I I tried medication first because I just did not want to jump to to surgery right away. But those first seven years on medication, I, I actually was not very good about taking it. Um, Somehow, we still managed. Uh, after our son was born, we went to New York to do our MBAs, and I think it was in New York that I managed to get by on five where I was asleep a night, which I'm still able to do. But anyway, we get back from New York, um, we uh, we amicably divorce. Then um, this is separate, of course, from my thyroid issues. We just uh, the relationship wasn't working out, and then. I just commenced my career in Manila. I was initially a banker, eventually became um, a film dis- distributor. But uh, by September of 1999, now, I gave birth to my son in September 92, but by September 99, I clearly, the medication wasn't working for me, so I finally agreed you know what? I think I need surgery. Fortunately, in the Philippines, we have truly world class internists and, and surgeons. The Philippines is very familiar with the world of thyroid disorders. So I, I literally had the best surgeon in Manila uh, perform a subtotal thyroidectomy on me. He removed three quarters of my thyroid gland and he left in a healthy quarter on my left side. Okay? That was-
1: were you diagnosed with Graves' disease or Hashimoto's? Oh,
2: absolutely. Graves' disease. And, Graves' And you could all see that in my, uh, by that time, after seven years of being hyperthyroid, you know, my left eye was very obviously protruding more than my right eye, right? That's one of the, the signs. Right.
1: Uh, hmm? That's that's a condition that can occur because there's inflammation of the connective tissue around the eyeball. So then your eyeballs pop out like uh, Marty Feldman who played uh, Igor on uh, Young Frankenstein, if anybody ever watched that Gene Wilder film. So you'll see people whose eyes seem uh, prominent, and they may even have a little bit of a prominent thyroid area, which is right below your Adam's apple. And those and people probably have health. Graves' disease. So that's, that's one of the inherited diseases of the thyroid gland.
2: Right. So I had my, in September of 99, I had my subtotal thyroidectomy. And, man, it worked. Uh, I literally, for the next, let's see, 99, for the next 12 years, I had no more issues. Everything vanished. I got really balanced and kind of back to my normal self, and I had I was not on any maintenance for the next twelve years.
1: Well, you were lucky. Um, usually, we do a total thyroidectomy and do it with radioactive iodine and give it in a large enough dose because iodine is what is concentrated in the thyroid gland, and iodine is also the The backbone of the uh, thyroid hormones both t3 and t4 so uh, much easier now is to just give a a, a huge dose relatively huge dose of radioactive iodine and it will localize in the thyroid gland and then it will kill the the whole thyroid problem if you leave some thyroid gland is that you run the risk of uh, stimulating the immunologic system once again and it can you can have a flare-up of Graves' disease without even being hyperthyroid. You can actually be hypothyroid and have a flare-up of some of the symptoms of Graves' disease because it's an autoimmune disease, not just the thyroid that's affected, but different parts of the body, including the brain, the connective tissues. Uh, the, it just it can go throughout the whole system. So, so then you started getting symptoms again, huh? Okay. Well, while we're waiting for her to get back on the line because she's in Cyprus, which is a good way off, we can talk about some patient resources for help with medications. And there are two websites you can go to and get prescription help. Uh, or rather find prescriptions the cheapest in, in an area. And remember that one drugstore may be selling it for 25 and another drugstore may be selling it for 10, depending on when they bought that product from the wholesaler, at what time they bought that product, because the prices go up and down depending upon su- supply and demand. So you can go to GoodRx or WellRx, that's GoodRx or WellRx, if you're looking for a way of getting a discount and finding the cheapest uh, pharmaceuticals you can in your area. And it's pretty easy to navigate. You just put in your zip code and the medication that you're looking for, like thyroid hormone, and it will pop up a bunch of pharmacies and what they're charging for it. They also uh, have a membership fee, and if you join, then you get a little card, and you get a, you get more off when you go to pick up your drugs. You're back, Selena?
2: Hi. Sorry about that. Where did I lose you? Sorry. <laughs>
1: We were talking about uh, the treatment for for Graves' disease uh, when it comes to right. the thyroid, either subtotal or total or uh, iodine ablation of the thyroid gland. And I was telling oh, folks right. that if you leave a little bit of thyroid with Graves' disease, you can still stimulate more antibodies to form and still cause problems with the thyroid.
3: Right. So
1: we, we generally like to... The, at least the last I checked, the rule of thumb was to go ahead and ablate the total thyroid. The easiest way to do that is with radioactive iodine. If you do that, though, then you got to wait a few weeks before you go through the scanner at the airport, or they'll pick you up for being right. a terrorist.
2: <laughs> you know, we had, discussed, we had discussed those two options. So we talked about surgery, and we talked about um, radioactive ablation. But at the time, so September 99, I need to make a decision, how am I going to finally address my rampant hyperthyroidism, and honestly, the ablation just sounded so medieval and imprecise. Um, It was, oh, so I need to gulp down radiated iodine and hope that as it passes by my thyroid, it zaps it just enough, you know? (laughs) So, and I also just didn't want to avoid human contact for however many weeks it was going to be. And um, I also had, you know, huge trust. I think I mentioned that the Philippines has truly just stellar um, standards of care for certainly thyroid thyroid conditions. And my surgeon was able to carve out uh, truly the the toxic part of my glands, but to leave in the healthy quarter glands. Because after the surgery, I enjoyed um, 12 years of health. I, well,
1: I, I, I got to tell you that uh, part of the reason we leave a little bit of thyroid behind is so that if we can is so that we don't take out the parathyroid which is nestled inside the thyroid yeah. gland. This is another gland and this helps control our calcium metabolism which is uh, essential to life. If we don't have the right amount of calcium in our system then we won't survive. So there's a couple of reasons why you leave a little bit of the thyroid and one of them is to protect the parathyroid gland not take that out. And another is, uh, in the old days, some of the surgeons felt that it would be better to uh, to leave a little bit so that you didn't have to go on hormones. But nowadays, we know that the a- radioactive iodine is very safe. It is okay. uh, captured by the thyroid gland. It has a little effect on the parathyroids. And, uh, you know, I don't know that it's going to make a whole lot of difference the amount of radiation you're putting out in terms of being out among people. You know, we have gone way overboard on radiation safety. The press has scared the public to death. And most of the data on radiation poisoning and radiation related diseases comes from Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And those numbers are <laughs> skewed too. So it, it's it's a bunch of bull. And but, extreme. Right. Yeah. But at any rate, so you had the surgery and you did well for twelve years and then what happened? You start getting yeah. hyperthyroid okay.
2: again? No. So in two, by two thousand eleven, a little context I was happily living and working in, in Manila. Um, at the time, I, in 2010, I had met uh, the man I married to now. Um so, boy. Uh, yes, <laughs> or Captain go. America, as I like to call him. Um, <laughs> mm. So, uh, but in 2000, late 2010, I was already getting signals that uh, the place where I was working, again, an international film distribution company, you know, there had been worldwide. Uh, layoffs and redundancies beginning in 2009. And I really was just waiting for the hatchet to fall on the Philippines, which was my territory. And sure enough, in um, April of 2011, I got laid off, okay? And that, uh, I I always look at that event because that, it was probably the most stressful event of my entire life, you know? And yep. even someone like me who is, I mean, I would, I'm would i annoyingly healthy, I was deeply affected. It was the first time I had ever been laid off in my entire life um, and found myself jobless. And I think that that is what affected me. Within, within two weeks of uh, my last day at work, I suddenly got urticaria, a.k.a. hives, okay, just out of nowhere. I, I,
1: that itchy, twitchy feeling.
2: Yeah, just these giant, itchy welts. And, and you know, it, it didn't help that this happened on my first beach trip with my, again, my boyfriend at the time. Like, I am not feeling attractive at the beach with these giant hives all over me. What's going on? So uh, we get back to Manila, and I, I spend maybe a month just erroneously thinking, is this an allergy? I'm not allergic to anything. Um, And finally, my um, the allergist that I was seeing correctly surmised, when she heard my entire history, she goes, you know what, honey, I think you need to go back to an internist because if you say you've had this hugely stressful event, you need to go back and just check your, do some T-test, see where you're at. And sure enough, I had become hypothyroid, okay. I had become uh, quite hypothyroid, which is the opposite of hyperthyroid. I now had all the classic um, uh, what's low, doctor, both um, uh, almost no T3, right? I obviously right. wasn't converting the T4 anymore. Um, and Because uh, it wasn't there. Right. Because your, your thyroid
1: gland wasn't making enough. To keep up with yes. your body's needs. And so then yeah. you become hypothyroid, which is also a serious condition. Uh, we can lose our mental abilities. We can lose muscle. We can uh, become lethargic. Our hair drops out and we can puff up and get all full of fluid and uh, have allergic reactions to things that previously we did not and and it's a it's a serious a condition and obviously more commonly seen than hyperthyroid but it is a very yes. serious condition but very treatable very treatable
2: exactly so so fortunately by by mid 2011 I was in the hands of a terrific internist and she started uh, you know titering me for T4 which is the only Um, which is the only thyroid medication available in the Philippines. I I don't know why they didn't have T3 available anyway. My doctor put me on a regimen, and we started titering for the ideal levels of T4 with the goal of getting my T-test results back in the normal range. Now, I have to say, and it really scared me because, again, I'm a type A, very energetic personality the the hypothyroid symptoms really upset me. For the first time, I started feeling kind of sleepy in the middle of the day. Again, very alien feeling for me. And although I'm, I'm very I'm athletic and I haven't changed my weight band since college. Okay, even me. So
1: you started gaining.
2: Even, even gaining a pound is a lot for me, and I noticed it was happening. And um, so. I just, I knew definitely that confirmed I'm definitely hypothyroid. Um, now, uh, unfortunately, the T4 medication that uh, my doctor put me on, that is what caused my hair to really start falling out, okay? That was very scary. You know, if you have, I've had super thick hair my whole life, and to see it come out in the hairbrush every day and the volumes that it did, that that was awful, Okay.
1: Yeah, the that girls don't fun. like that at all.
2: No, no. No, they don't like
1: that at all. <laughs> and the weight <laughs> gain and the the puffiness, you know that. You
2: no, know, I almost prefer. I I I don't mind gaining weight. Just let me keep my hair. So.
1: Hey, we got um, wigs.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: We'll do implants.
2: <laughs> you know what? In fact, doctor, it's why you mentioned that. So immediately. So I'm also. I just. I'm a nerd. Research is my best defense, right? And right. so I immediately went down that rabbit hole, and I instructed my, well, by now we were engaged. I instructed my then fiancé, if my hair falls out for any reason, you are to go to Raquel Welch's wig website. She makes the world's best wigs, and these are the wigs I want. <laughs> so.
1: She probably has thyroid problems, too. So oh, who that knows? I that, a- that wouldn't be surprised. That's <laughs> how she got into it. Uh, it's not necessarily the thyroxin that that does it, but it's the massive shift back and forth between hypo and hyper and all of the autoimmune problems it causes that can make oh, the hair fall know, out I'm but uh, so your hair is falling out and, and you're getting all upset and you're on t four and it's I'm not working TV and
2: you''m not right okay so um and and parallel to all this i'm I'm now jobless. Fortunately, fortunately for me, I I negotiated a a terrific severance package, which really bought me time. If I didn't have to, I I, I didn't want to, I didn't have to work for two years. So that helped a lot because I could devote all my time to addressing this problem, right? I had the time to just get well, okay? Okay. So uh, by by mid uh, 2011, had a good doctor put me on a regimen of T4. No T3 available in the Philippines. My husband and I get married in November of 2012.
1: Okay. Now were you bald then? Did you go to the no! Altar, bald? No, thank
2: goodness. Oh, that
1: would have been a great shot. <laughs> Could have put that all over the web.
2: What, what I had done between mid-2011 and, and going into 2012, I also jumped into the, the rabbit research holes of, of supplements and, you know, just uh, tried to add um, things like, uh, what is it, evening primrose oil and borage oil, you know, but supplements just to, that are supposed to be good for your hair and skin. I think it had a little bit of effect. You know, it helped a little bit. But, again, I, I started out having probably so much more than the normal amount of hair. Nobody else really noticed but me, okay? So uh, we're now in 2012, and my doctor actually, my symptoms notwithstanding, she did. We we got my T-test results back in the normal range, and I was no longer getting these hives, okay?
1: And so, you weren't sleepy, I'll- and you, you, you kept your weight. Down, right. No more highs. No more swelling.
2: Yeah, I, I was still—I was still not normal. I would give myself at that time by 2012. I was a solid B, okay, not a C, but not an A. I'm still not truly myself. Um, so a solid B. I was fine, okay. And and also right. by 2012, I had started working, and um, my husband and I got married in November 2012. And then by the end of 2012, we got news that our next post was going to be back in the United States, okay? We were moving to Denver. And um, very exciting. We had never lived in the Rockies. So by, um, by mid-2013, we were preparing to leave Manila, okay? Now, all this time, I'm, I'm normal per my T-tests, Okay. But I'm actually really looking forward to getting to the United States where there is t three available because after a lot of research and um just as an aside you know i've been i'm one of the pioneer subscribers of the New England Journal of Medicine since the nineties when they first went online um, wow. i i just I just have a feeling that yeah i just i like to read I like to know things so Um, I just have a feeling that if I could add T4, uh, sorry, T3 to my regimen, I'm going to be truly balanced and I will go back to an A plus, right?
1: Right, and uh, folks, T3 is marketed as Cytomel. that's the brand name in the United States, and What happens is that the thyroid gland makes T4. I don't know if I said this earlier. But then in the periphery of the body, it's converted by local enzymes into T3. So you can have a disease like Graves, and you can even be making adequate T4 or having had ablation. You can be taking adequate T4, but there's not a conversion, adequate conversion to T3. And the reason is that you have inflammatory prostaglandins that come up when you have these autoimmune diseases, and they block the conversion of 4 to 3. And I try to tell the house staff this all the time. You have to check the free T3 if you have a normal T4 or even a high T4, but your patient doesn't look like they're getting better. And We can call this sick euthyroid. We call it sick euthyroid because it seen most often in people who have been sick for several weeks to months. We also see it in long-term diseases like Graves' disease, which is an autoimmune disease related to rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and all these other autoimmune diseases. So that's what happens. Carry on.
2: Exactly. Exactly, Doc. That was exactly my own self-diagnosis by the time we left Manila in mid-2013. I... My numbers said I was euthyroid or, you know, ideally in the normal range, but I didn't feel it. So we get to the United States, and finally I have access to T3. Now, just for purposes of the chronology, okay, we married in late 2012, and so we missed the open season to sign me up on my husband's health plan. And so I didn't get on the health plan until the calendar year for 2012. 14 okay what we did was we moved to the US and then in the 2013 open season is when I finally got on my husband's plan and it commenced in 2014
1: okay All right. now, now, listen my prior, friend let's take a let's take a yeah. quick break here for the uh, sponsors and uh, when we come back we'll find out more of the saga and the right. story of of Selena as she tries to find T3 at a reasonable price. <laughs> I'll be right back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD.
3: With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. A leftist firebrand seeking the presidency in Mexico is vowing an end to politics and business as usual in a country weary of widespread violence, corruption, and political scandal. But rivals of Andres Manuel López Obrador warn he could set the country back decades with an interventionist economic policy. The vote is taking place today. Iran's Fars News Agency says 230 people have been poisoned by drinking polluted water in the country's southwest. The report, uh, quoted by the head of the Crisis Management Agency, says the polluted water came after a 20-hour water outage. The water wasn't treated with chlorine, and that's the problem. Holocaust survivor Simone Veil, one of France's most revered politicians, is getting the rare honor of being buried at the Pantheon, where French heroes have been interred for decades. This is SRN News.
1: Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state-of-the-art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727 727-
3: Thanks for listening. Audio-visual support service in Tampa
2: asks you to consider the dangers of driving faced by teenagers. A typical teen with a car is very valuable to his friends without one, so you can count on each teen driver having an average of two passengers. And no teen can go more than a few minutes without texting. Texting while driving increases your chances of a crash by 23 times. Lastly, add alcohol. Drunk driving remains the number one cause of death amongst young adults. Audiovisual Support Service asks you to be firm with your kids about what they can and cannot do while driving. Keep the friends under control. Tell them texting can wait until their arrival point, and tell them drinking can wait until they're 21. This total broadcasting message is from Audiovisual Support Service in Tampa. They can make your next Tampa Business Conference a success with state-of-the-art video and audio equipment necessary for making your presentations. Visit their website at avssinc.net
3: or call... 800 881 2877 for audiovisual support service in Tampa. Thank you for making my dream a reality and publishing my very first book.
0: Karen Notner is author of Is Jesus Your Pearl?
3: You encouraged me, you laughed with me, and you held my hand through the entire process. Karen's
0: publisher is Zulon Press. Do you dream about publishing? Make the dream real with America's fastest-growing Christian book publisher. Your free publishing guide is waiting at christianpublishing.com. Thank you so much to all the wonderful professionals at Zulon Press. Visit Zulon Press at christianpublishing.com. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Today we'll have times of clouds and sun with widely separated thunderstorms. The high will be 89. Tonight to thunderstorm in the area in the evening, otherwise partly cloudy below 79. Tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday, times of clouds and sun with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon.
1: The high tomorrow and Tuesday will be 91. On Wednesday, it will be 89. That's your Accurate of the Forecast. I'm Dan Pittman for AM860, The Answer. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, a little bit of Eye of the Tiger and surviving. And we're talking today with Selena Childs about her survival of thyroid disease and working her way through the American health care system. Selena, are you still with me?
2: Yes. Hi.
1: Hi. So oh, yeah. all's good. We're back on air. And we were just getting to the part where you're back in the States. You're without right. insurance and you're trying to find a source for exactly. T3, which is more expensive than regular thyroid hormone or the T4 exactly. supplement.
2: Okay. So so there's this period, the second half of 2013, where I'm not yet insured because my coverage under my husband's plan will not commence until January 2014. Now, fortunately, um, I had a, a family friend... Um, <laughs> My uncle Mars, who has since passed away, but at the time that we arrived, he was able to write me prescriptions for generic T3 and also Cytomel. And he said, "So, Selena, I, until you get insurance, you're going to have to pay out of pocket. So first, try the generics. Okay? There's there's three or four manufacturers of generics. Um, you know, use the prescription to fill them at a local pharmacy. Oh, and Uh, Dr. Bill, he mentioned the GoodRx website, he's like, maybe you can get at least a coupon to bring the price down, which was great. Um, So uh, the second half of 2013, I tried uh, the generic offerings from uh, manufacturers like uh, Paddock and Mylan and Sigma Farm, okay? And I initially started at a extremely low dosage okay because I, I i didn't have a doctor yet so i, I literally started on uh, like 10 micrograms a day okay
1: because you the, did yeah because you didn't know without having checks uh, where you were at
2: right
1: so exactly. you just kind of did it by feel
2: i just did it by feel but i can tell you that um so sadly uh I really felt almost nothing, okay? Because, again, tiny amount, but I'm not going to risk my health and just keep adding, you know, nilly-willy. We finally moved to Denver in the fall of 2013, and lucky me, I found a terrific internist. He, his practice was literally across the street from our apartment,
1: our first Well, that's good.
2: And just truly an excellent doctor, However, there's always a downside. (laughs) Uh, Even though our, um, you know, my future health plan, he was listed as a network. By the time I visited the practice and became a patient there, they had turned into a concierge service. Okay? And... uh, even though they were willing to wait for me to get covered in January of 2014, the truth is I don't need concierge service. And as you know, it's a bit like a lawyer. You pay a a a retainer plus a monthly fee for 24-7 access. But I really, I mean, what do I have insurance or future insurance for? Anyway, the the most valuable uh, gift that my brief relationship with this internist gave me we determined the magic daily dose of T3, which is 35 micrograms a day for me, OK? And
1: It sounds about January, right?: Yes,
3: by January
2: 2014, I was able to get on cytomel, the branded T3 medication. OK? Cytomel, which is made by Pfizer. And I tell you, you know, Dr. Bill. So we started, and and I this is my RX today. I took 10 micrograms in the morning, 15 micrograms midday, and 10 micrograms in the afternoon. And from January 2014 onward, I felt like an A. Okay, I truly matched my T tests. I was truly euthyroid. Okay, the only T test. That eventually fell to below normal, of course, was T4 because I stopped taking it. Um,
1: Let so, me explain that to the folks. Yes. It, the brain has a little gland called the pituitary, and that's a gland, it's the master gland, it secretes hormones that stimulate the thyroid gland, the adrenal glands, and a number of of other glands, the sex organs and the secretion of sex hormones. And so what happens is when the T4 level in your thyroid goes up and the T3 goes up, then it turns it off. It's a negative feedback. So the thyroid, the pituitary gland looks at all this thyroid hormone coming and says, oh, well, they don't, don't need me right now, and it turns itself off. So then when you take something from outside your body, like thyroid hormone or, or cytomel or thy, thyroxine, then that will also turn off your pituitary gland. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No. Excellent. So, so from January 2014 onward till today, I'm awesome on cytomel. Okay. Now, now I'm going to switch over because I, I'm mindful of the time. I want to now describe my saga with the American healthcare system. So, in January 2014, in 2014 and 2015, our health plan still covers Cytomel. It, it is what is classified as a preferred branded medication. So, my quarterly copay for my 90 day supply of my Cytomel is only $70. I can do it. You know, I can afford that. So $280 a year for my branded thyroid medication, which works for me. So I enjoy that from 2014 and 2015. However, in 2016, I get a message from our plan that says, we have reclassified Cytomel and it is no longer a preferred brand. And so the 35% of the market price of Cytomel. What does that mean? In 2016 and 2017, my quarterly copay. Well, it started at approximately $300. Okay, so it more than quadrupled, and by the time, by the end of 2017. The copay had risen to about $380, okay? And I I was always looking, where is this market price generated? Okay, that is a mystery I have never been able to solve. Even trying to call Pfizer, it would seem to be an arbitrarily determined number. So 2016 and 2017, because of the reclassification by Express Scripts, which is the pharmacy benefit manager, of our plan which is an aetna plan um i had to pay again 35 percent of the alleged market price of my cytomel prescription
1: part of the problem now, are the pharmacy managers that run that sit on that work for etna and united and they they sit in the position of deciding which medications are okay today and that, which aren't they're cost containment people and they can yes, shift costs so, too
2: exactly now on the surface they try to tell patients it's for you to save money but what they're really doing is they are ignoring what your doctor has prescribed for you that works okay i have tried the generics they didn't work cytomel is the magic bullet for me
1: right yeah yeah it's because it's so standard and it's probably purer than what you're going to get uh, in a plant from China or India, at least at this point, Tom.
2: Exactly. Um, And, uh, okay, and then back to the chronology. By 2017, we now have news of our next posting, which is back out in the world. We're going to be assigned to Cyprus. Okay, so very excited. This is exactly why... Uh, we, We have the careers that we do. We like the foreign service life. We're very excited. We moved to Cyprus in August of last year, 2017. Okay? And then in November of 2017, I get another letter from our health plan that says, we will no longer cover Cytomel at all. We strongly recommend that you move to a generic. Okay, remember that this is the health plan that has known since 2014 that I am on the prescription that makes me well, okay? but
1: I wouldn't give them that much credit. You're talking about a big I bureaucracy. I, I, doubt right. there, I doubt there's anybody that even knows your name.
2: <laughs> right. I'm just, I'm just a computer record is what I am. Yeah. And so um, I am really, I'm, I, I look up the alleged market price, Of my prescription, and I'm not kidding. It's it's like two thousand five hundred dollars, depending on where you get it from. Uh, No, per quarter.
1: No, per quarter.
2: I mean, just just some some outrageous price, some outrageous price, and I, I. I immediately, there's so much more to this saga. There's also, well, now we live abroad. Um, of course, our health plan still works, but the co-pays and the rules are different. And if you need a prescription, you still need an American licensed doctor. Okay. Oh, my <laughs> God. It all? I know. So I'll spare you those details. This suffice it to say that I had an extremely intense first quarter of 2018, I immediately, um, I was able to get my prescription continued by someone that we call our regional medical officer. So uh, geographically, thank goodness, the State Department, of course, they assign American licensed doctors to various embassies and regions precisely so that, you know, the employees have an American licensed doctor to help continue their health care. So um, our regional medical officer took over my prescription, and we just worked together. Um, we tried to submit my prescription again to um, to Express Scripts, and then we entered the prior authorization ordeal.
1: Okay. Yeah, the so prior the authorization, step- folks, is when the was when your insurance company or your prescription provider denies. Coverage for a medication, then we, the doctors, have to fill out a bunch of paperwork as to why we want this specific drug, this specific brand, and nothing else because we've tried this and we've tried that and it doesn't work. This is the only thing that works.
2: Exactly. So it's like being back in court and having a retrial of known <clears throat> data. Okay. So, um, so we did that. So the first step was, you know, uh, Dr. McDaniel submitted the initial prior authorization request and was, I think within 48 hours, we got the denial back. However, and again, I wish I had time to go into this magical team of pharmacists uh, at Express Scripts that were so helpful. Okay. Um, We were given uh, the bad news of the denial. However, Uh, my contact at the Express Scripts expatriate team let us know you can appeal and here is the form and mark it urgent so that you can do everything online and not through snail mail but the bottom line with the appeal of the prior authorization denial is I literally had to hand in a, a case study of why generics don't work for me And thank God for my research skills, I came up with a gigantic Excel spreadsheet detailing the inactive ingredients of every generic manufactured in North America versus cytomels, inactive ingredients. I found studies um, that proved the bioequivalency of generics is just not the same as certain branded medications. (laughs) That's true. Yes.
1: And let me me explain a little bit of this. When we make a drug in the pharmaceutical company, we have to, uh, oftentimes, we have to mix it with something that it will dissolve in and that can then be compressed into a capsule or made into a tablet or an ointment or a cream or whatever. So we call these vehicles that we put these prescription drugs in excipients, excipients. And some excipients work better than others. Some are cheaper. Some are easier to make. And so if you're a generic drug maker, you're going to try and make money, so you're going to take the path of least resistance. Go ahead.
2: Yes, and, Doctor, I just just as an aside, because this is very helpful for patients who are fighting this battle. So just really quickly, Cytomel was born in the 1950s, and its inactive ingredients are really simple, digestible things like Calcium sulfate, gelatin, cornstarch, okay, sucrose. But if you look at the generics, which look like they started being manufactured in two thousand nine onward, they have some really complex inactives which are also found in building construction materials. Okay? Well no wonder
1: your bones are so strong.
2: Right. (laughs) So um, all of this went into my giant Excel spreadsheet, which we attached to my appeal, and we won the appeal. Okay.
1: You need to put that out there where uh, people can read it, and so they can use that.
2: Yes, and that's what, that's what I hope to do. That's why I'm so happy to be on the show, that people, you can win. Unfortunately, it really does take a Herculean effort. And a lot of time that most people don't have. You know, this is this is only because I've been on this for decades. You know, um, and I also had a lot of help from the Doctor Patients Rights Project. I came across them because of their report on exactly what um, what pharmacy benefit managers have been doing over the past few years. They keep shrinking. The formulary okay. list that they cover for health plans.
1: Okay? Absolutely, I mean they're trying to save money and uh, cost containment, and this uh, these people are not in business to give it away. You know that if you exactly. can't make a twenty percent profit as a health insurance company, Horrible. you're not going to stay in business. So, so part of the problem is, is, is yes. like you say, Selena, it's the pharmacy benefit managers, uh, but it's also that we as Americans have been have been subsidizing the rest of the world when it comes to healthcare bills since a lot of the medications are are have been discovered over the past 50 years 100 years in the United States and and uh, so we get dinged so that people in the Philippines can get it cheaper go ahead
2: yes so um, and and unfortunately so and this is only one of many issues that the doctor patient patient rights project has its eye on trying yep. to inform the american public hey, this is what's happening. Your pharmacy benefit managers and your health plans are interfering with your relationship with your doctor, you know, your treatment with your doctor. Your doctor and you know best. However, your, your rights and your access are being chipped away.
1: Yeah, it's a big class. problem. And, you know, another, part, another aspect of it is some of the medications that are not off of uh, patent yet. Uh, but yeah. which work very well or are too expensive for most people yeah. to purchase. We're getting close to the end of the show, girlfriend. Oh. So, and okay. wrapping up, you have been really a stellar interview. And uh, I hope that you do okay over there in, in
2: Happy to help.
1: Cyprus. And uh, get that stuff, shoot that stuff to me.
2: I will, Email me. I will, doctor. Thank you, Dr. Bill. Thank you, everyone.
1: You're welcome. Well, close to the end of the show, folks. So I gave you a kiss and a hug and wish me well.